another episode of TWSS. That's what she said with Zach. And Nicole. Sweet. <laughs> Trying back myself. Oh, go, go for building. it. <laughs> We're here. I'm uh, back on my a... wine grind. Oh, you? I'm I'm drinking too. So, oh, uh, this so is going to be even yeah. fascinating. This More is about to be one of those episodes. So, um, Zach and I were actually going at it before this episode with a couple of subjects, and we literally said we have to say before the episode. Yeah, that's that's the most difficult part about having it really this is. podcast because it's almost like our weekly checkup and <laughs> on and each other and we, on yeah everything. and like on comic book stuff or movies in general and so something you found or i find out like days afterwards becomes a topic of interest and we never start the episode on time because we're discussing it for an hour we do we discuss it for like 20 minutes ahead of the podcast and zach just tells me can you can you wait for the episode to start and i'm like shit yeah can can we save it can we save it but we say this for the same thing about any movie. Like, I remember after Schneider Cut, after I had watched the whole thing, I had called you and I FaceTimed you because I was so, like, mesmerized by, like, what actually, like, what Snyder did with it. Uh-huh. And all Zach says to me, I go, Zach, but I just want to relay this to you. And he goes, no, 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 save it for the pod. And it, we weren't, we, that was <laughs> my best. Save it for the pod. That was my Hashtag best. Hashtag save it for the, <laughs> for the pod. That is We're going to start doing that going forward. Yeah, hashtag save it for the pod. All right, well, let's get started because we have not a lot, but not small. Mm. <laughs> not a lot, but not minimal, but not like. Yeah. You catch my drift. Anyways. Gotcha. Also, shout out to our loyal listeners. Have to give them a oh, shout yeah. out every once in a while. Oh, you guys have been crushing it. Uh, I was just looking at our analytics today. Oh. And, um, yeah. Uh, our Skylar Schuler episode is almost at a hundred plays, which is insane. Yay! Shout out Skylar um, Schuler and the Diz Insider. Shout out Skylar Schuler and the Diz Insider. Hey, Skylar, if you're listening, uh, big, big shout out to you. Um, we'd love to have him back on soon. But yeah, it's been it's been crazy, and and we've been pretty consistent this year. I've been quite proud of us. We we have we had a couple of weeks where we had to, and we'll address that. We had to take a break. Not yeah. even just like we just got so busy that I was like Zach, we have to push it back next week. Like there's no way I can do yeah. it this week, and vice versa. Zach would text me, and now we're trying to get better. We're trying to do every monday yeah we've been we've been pretty pretty consistent a couple odd days here and there but yeah i'm pretty proud of us we've been pretty on top of it i mean i think so as of recently we've been like okay we have to set aside like monday nights let's just do it let's like get it which is very shocking for me because i usually watch bachelor on these nights but because i haven't really been into them oh oh are you do you want to talk bachelor (laughs) speaking of give me a sec give me a sec uh listeners i would like to formally apologize to nicole on the record i have given nicole a lot of a lot of (laughs) stick for the bachelor and in my household we have been watching it i have missed two weeks i will say i've missed the last two weeks of the bachelor but i have been looking at it and i i think we're in the final four or so tonight um so I'm watching tonight. As soon as I can, I'm going to try and watch it. But 
yeah, it's it's a mess. It's a mess, and I knew it would be. Uh, but you know, I have a guilty pleasure for reality TV shows, so it was it's it's now it's now my list. I think I might be a, a Bachelor fan, Bachelorette fan. I, I think I think I'm there. You know what's really bad and embarrassing about this though is what? that I've stopped watching it. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. Okay. So I, I have to say, okay, since we're getting into Bachelor, talk a little bit. Um, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So with Bachelor, anyone and everyone knows I've been the biggest fan. I yes. I've known everything there. Bachelor for me is like Twilight from two thousand and eight, and now I knew everything. I knew all the gossip. I follow all the outlets. Everything. I was obsessed to the point that I was pissed off if people actually like, spoiled it for me. I only, mm-hmm. I was so good. Do not ever on Twitter, do not ever follow. Okay, you can follow Reality Steve, but Reality Steve is the biggest spoiler. Like, he knows everything ahead of time. So, like, if, and this is the weirdest thing for me, if I know the outcome, I won't watch the season because it ruins it for me. I love, like, the guessing game because I've always, I've been half and half. I've been right and I've been wrong. So, I had at least. I would say 10 seasons where I went without spoilers and I, I would hear it in the grapevine among like, cause I wasn't as heavily into Twitter as I am now. So I would hear the grapevine news and I'd be like, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's false and it would turn out right, but I wouldn't know it in detail like I do now. So with, with that being said, I've always been an advocate for Bachelor. I've always defended it and I'll still defend it till this day. Um, but I don't know. I think, Honestly, I think since last year with the switch up and it, I okay, I can confirm with the switch up with Claire and Tasha mm-hmm. when they announced I have nothing against either ladies. I have nothing against Tasha. But with Claire, I just was never really a fan. And she had it, there was a I won't go into detail, but there was so much like going into it that I was like, I'm not going to be into this this time. And then we already knew who the next bachelor was, which was Matt James at the time. And it was just too much for me to take on, especially during quarantine. And usually with Bachelor, I'm the kind of person that I like watching and then myself picking a Bachelor from that season because I'm like, okay, I like growing attached to them and then seeing them move on. But I think a lot of it just got ruined last year for me in the past two years. So I just haven't watched. I haven't been as involved. And I might I honestly... I know Michelle is going to be the Bachelorette, and her season premieres in August or September. I think October, actually. So I'll watch her season. I love Bachelor in Paradise. That's probably one of my favorites. So that, and I highly recommend Zach for you to watch that. Paradise. Baby steps. <laughs> Baby steps. <laughs> well, anyway, so and for those who don't know, I will throw myself out there with this one. I did audition for the show. In 2019. Are we doing this? Oh, oh we're doing gosh. this. I, I can't believe you actually are going to talk about this. I, I did. Zach actually edited my video. <laughs> I did. Yeah. I did. I did do that. So he saw all the embarrassing shit I had to say. And it wasn't actually embarrassing, but I did audition. No, you did a good job. I did. I really thought I did, did off job. of like a couple glasses of wine and jill asking me questions and i was like you know what i'm I'm gonna be myself i'm gonna be my quirky perky like charismatic self in this video i didn't get cast but i didn't even get a second call back so oh the secrecy the secrecy for weeks 
with me Nicole got in on that yeah like we we all had no clue uh honestly just this whole thing is like i can't say like what do you mean you can't say like did you get in the show or not like what like i can't say well, so we're like we're like all right whatever what's funny is i actually the weekend of my birthday that year in 2019 i went down to fort lauderdale and I actually saw a girl from high school. I won't say who it was, but I saw a girl from high school there, and I actually knew she had a boyfriend. And I asked her. I was like, yeah. So I'm like, I go, oh, hey. The tea. Oh, wow. <laughs> no, but it, it's really not that scandalous because I go, I go, and I pull her aside. I go, don't you have a boyfriend? She goes, I do. I didn't want to audition, but I came here for a friend, and I just told them I really wasn't into this. So, and they're still together. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to say who it was, but <laughs> what's really bad is that you know who it is. <laughs> you know them. <laughs> I know them? Yeah. Okay, we have to talk. End of the episode. Like, when this is over, we have to talk. That's I've never insane. actually, the only other person who knows who it was was Shannon. Because I was texting her. I'm like, girl. This is the kind of shit that, but I have to say the women are so nice. They really are. Like I made so many, like, I wouldn't say friends, but we all like had the same interest that we wanted to get on the show for like, I think me and like 10 other girls were there for Tyler Cameron or pilot Pete. Tyler, if you're listening to this, I'm a a Wellington girl. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, wow. We've just thrown any script we had out the window. This is just going to be a, really a chat, did. I guess. Um, I love Pete. Honestly, I love Bachelor talk. Like, I can talk Bachelor, and I will tell all my embarrassing, like, audition story for it, so. I mean, give me, let, let me finish this season, and we will okay. have that discussion. Honestly, I, I saw the first two episodes, and I think it's just for me. Oh, we can, we can talk about this, because I don't think you've... Um, Ever seen it with Chris Harrison, or you might have. Um, I will uh, throw this out there. What? Mm-hmm. Are you talking about why he's no longer? No, no, no. We're not. I mean, I'm. I wasn't gonna get into that, but I was gonna say oh, okay. for me, it's just a different like atmosphere, like a different feel, not different atmosphere, right. but a different feel for me since I've been watching. I've been watching the show since like 2008, 2009, mm-hmm. and I love Tasha. I love Caitlin. Caitlin Bristow is one of my favorite Bachelorettes. All-time favorite. Probably her and JoJo were my top two favorites. And love Tasha. I think she's a great woman. She's, like, seems super sweet. But Chris Harrison is the OG for me. Like, I've watched him through Bachelor of Paradise, Bachelor Pad, Bachelorette, Bachelor. Like, it, I know the change is good and that it, there should be female empowerment, female hosts. But Chris Harrison has always just had that, like, oomph for me. It's like, that's a I... poem. I agree with you in the sense that uh, people who are lifelong fans of the series say the same thing, that missing out on Chris Harrison, that sort of feeling, that nostalgia or just that um, relationship you've built with this individual, even though you don't know him, but you know him via the show, not having that anymore is, is tough. But I have been pleasantly impressed with the whole um two female hosts situation in fact mm-hmm. i love it because 
it feels the situations make more sense to me it feels like a girl's chat it feels like you have two people who's been through yeah this whole scenario before so they know the games they know oh absolutely so the advice is real yeah it, it doesn't feel as scripted as as a producer whispering in your ear saying okay this say this blah 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 it feels very much like those two are looking out for homegirl's best interest and i like that lens a lot yeah. more than chris harrison because i know he's a presenter you know and so i'd like to see it continue i'd like to see there the being more ex-bachelorettes come back and kind of provide words of wisdom because it's a weird situation to be in your national television you're dating multiple men people have their own opinions about who you should be dating who you shouldn't be dating whether you're quote-unquote blind and you can't see this person's playing you and things like that. Yeah. So um, I like the fact there are two people who are like, listen, girl, I've been there. I know exactly what this is about. Just keep your head down. Do what you got to do. If you feel he's he's not worth it, don't do it, you know. And I think that's cool. Also, just the unprecedented way in which this season has gone. It's been a lot of firsts, such as... Um, like, for instance, uh, in my household, I've been told that there's usually the the bad boy, that one who's just terrible, who kind of ends up riding it out until, like, the very yeah. end of the show. Yeah. Well, she got rid of that person, like, a few weeks in. So it's like, that's never happened before. I did hear that, about that. That sort of bad boy character gets kicked out Axed real early. The, yeah, because they Within the first few. So, right. So I was like, oh, I didn't know that was new. But I like that because we all knew he was just a bad character. So I think I think they're playing around with the model now and seeing what actually works. Because I think, I, and I wonder from your perspective, um, have you gotten used to the formula now? I mean, it's been what? Almost, oh, like the, what it, what used to happen? Yes, you're kind of used to the formula, and you 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 expect you see the you see the genre, you see the characters that are playing these roles, and you're kind of like, oh. He's going to be the bad boy. He's probably going to be the one who's going to win out. And you kind of make your guesses before the season's even started based on just their introductions or whatever. And then I mean, kind there's of. less of a surprise. Um, Back in the day, and I can't believe I have to even say that now, but like back in the day when I like was completely obsessed with it, like I had to be there like on Monday nights at like in my bed by 755 watching this show because I was that obsessed. I was like, I can't miss anything. Um, there was a certain formula, I will say, like I and I tell us everybody, like at least by week two or three, I can tell you approximately who will be in the final four and then who will be in the final two without like seeing spoilers. And I've usually been right. Like I've always t- guessed the top, like at least one of the two. Um, and you can just tell, especially with the guys, which is something that has always been said throughout each season. Like, guys are very, like, you can read them like a book. Literally. Like, you can tell, like, from the guy, like, when I would watch, um, who was the easiest one for me? I think it was, like, Ben Higgins. He was the easiest one for me to be like, okay, I think Lauren, Lauren Bushnell is going to go all the way. And she did. She went all the way. She, he and her proposing her, they broke up, but, and they're both respectively, like, with new people, but... And with the villain, it, I mean, it, it sucked because you were like, okay, he's obviously really bad, but, and you want him to leave. You want other guys, obviously, or other women 
to take their place but yeah that's usually the formula like you have the like the producers are on your side but they're not from what I've been like reading from what I've read and what other past contestants have said is that the producers want to make good tv so they'll tell the bachelor bachelorette okay you know you should keep this person on oh no you should go spend time with this person like they're literally in your ear and they've always been that way and be like even pat like I'll read tweets where it's like people like okay good don't listen to what these producers are saying. Don't listen to um, Mike Fleiss, who's the, like, main producer of the show. Like, uh, there's just been so much controversy. So, yes, there's been times where it's, like, these people will go to, like, Final Four, and then the villain leaves at after Final Four, or, like, that's how they're portrayed. It's not always, like, that's who they are as a person. It's also how the camera, like, it's how they film you. It's how they edit the process. Because they've done that in Bachelor in Paradise, too, where they'll, like, tweet out, like, that's not me. Like, and they're not allowed to say, the thing is, they're not allowed to say anything until the very end of filming. Like, there was, prime example, um, during Pilot Pete season, Final Four, Victoria Fuller was kind of a fan favorite. Like, she had a lot of controversy around her because she supposedly slept with her friend's husband over in Virginia and somebody came and told Pilot P. And so, like, the editing was just not on her side. Like, they really painted her as the villain. And they do that every year, too. So it's not even just... But, I mean, I I think it... it, it like I do like change sometimes. Mm-hmm. I, I just have to give it more of a chance. There, but I've had these, like, years where I just... I went two years once without watching Bachelorette. Because I just wasn't into it. But then I know that they had a good season. So right now, I think that's where I'm at. I think at the end of this year, when Michelle's season comes on, I'll probably start watching. When Bachelor in Paradise comes back next month, I'll start watching that. Because those are past people who I know. And I did love from their seasons. Mm. I do recommend it. I do. It's a good show. It's it's honestly probably one of my like the better end of reality shows. Depends what you're looking for. I mean, we just started Too Hot to Handle this weekend, and I could not deal with that. It was too sexualized for me. Um, it really was. Like, I won't go into the premise of the show, but it's very sexualized. That's no, the point. Bachelor's not sexualized. Not as much. Not until you get to hometown. Not until you get to fantasy you mean suites. there's one guy with a basically a, a harem of... <laughs> Like he can't do anything women. with them, and that's why I tell people they're Who like, says "Oh, that? what do you mean he can't do anything with them?" What's up do with you the know that they're watched like a hawk? He can do okay, any... fantasy suite is a different story, and that's why I tell people fantasy suite is different. How is that different? That's part of the show. Because that's not like twenty-five women. That's literally three. He picks and chooses who he wants to sleep. Well, with. yes, like, yes, I... I will agree with that. But there so are... where's where's the where's the non-sexual part of this show? That's that's pretty sexual. Well, right. You okay? So, you're dating twenty women at the same time, and then you can pick and choose which ones you have to want to have sex with. Yeah, it's pretty sexual. That's how Sorry. life works too. I mean, sure, but <laughs> if you're out, listen, fellas, if you're out here dating twenty women at the same time, just don't. But <laughs> like, at least, at least I would know that he's dating twenty other women and not just me. At least I'll know in that point, and I won't get screwed over. Uh, they don't. They don't seem to know. On the show? Even though it's in front of their face, yeah. I know, that's just, that's what I also despise about the show. I'm like, if you go on and you're crying because he's not giving you... I mean, that would be me, to be honest. I'd be crying if I wasn't getting attention. Dead. 
dead. Actually, I will say I did meet a former contestant because he works down in Delray. And oh yeah. Oh, you were with day? me. Um, I yeah, I, I asked him his advice, and he said, he said, just cry a lot. That's how you'll get attention. And I said, well, I can do that. I am deceased. All right, I mean, what's on the ballot? We've had a great, <laughs> we've had a great discussion oh, you're done? about the bachelor. We're finally done with it. I, I'm just saying, like we we should get I into know, we some should. stuff okay. and, and see what's gonna happen. So a new trailer was released for Blade Runner: Black Lotus, an animated installment in the Blade Runner franchise. So I did see this, like I did, I watched like a second of it, but I've never seen Blade Runner. So that's all you, boo boo. Don't give me that look. I'm, I'm upset. Um, we have each of our own. <laughs> Fair. Uh, what am I going to say about this? Love the trailer. I thought the trailer was really good. I'm a huge fan of this Blade Runner franchise, if you can even call it that at this point. Um, Blade Runner, the original one with Ridley Scott. You got Blade Runner 2049 with Ryan Gosling and uh, Denis Villeneuve directing. And then you have this installment. Uh, made by Adult Swim and um, hmm. another studio, I'm forgetting. But just to see this world again of Los Angeles in the future in 2030-something with, like, flying cars and, and lights and holograms and and with an animation style that is very anime, ghost-in-the-shell kind of feeling... I'm very interested by it. Um, but I will say something, and maybe this isn't... Since you mm-hmm. are averse to animation, maybe this isn't a question <clears throat> for you, but I guess I will pose it for the general public. I'm wondering with the the love for anime that's out there, especially currently and in, in the popularity of anime... I wonder if it's now just a fashionable choice for franchises and uh, entities to create a anime style version of their films or content. So last episode, if you haven't listened to the last episode, it's up right now. It's on Spotify and Apple Music. Uh, special guest Katie Bambeck was on the show and we talked Shout about out. What If. We talked oh, about yes. what if for the Marvel series and the Marvel series being an animated version very much in that sort of anime art style, if you could say. Um, Star Wars Visions is also similar in that sort of anime style animation with Star Wars content. So to see Blade Runner have a very artsy animation style um I'm wondering, is this just a fashionable choice a lot of studios are making to take their content and make it animated? Or is this just a new lens, a new a new medium that they're trying? You know, with animation? I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm just I'm just seeing way too many animated things for me to feel like this isn't a trend that's happening. In the same way that, you know, after the success of Twilight, we got a lot of YA novels to film franchises. I mean, obviously Harry Potter before that, but yeah, um, 
I think after Harry Potter and the success of Twilight, that we were like, okay, this this teen YA novel thing is fashionable. We got Hunger Games, Maze Runner, you know, like almost back to back. Peter Jackson. It was like yeah, Percy straight- Jackson. Percy Jackson. Sorry, it was it was just back to back to back to back to back. So I'm wondering, is that is this the same thing? And I don't know. I don't know if you're the right person to discuss it with. No, I'll discuss it because I just because I have. It's not that I don't have a tolerance for animation. It's just I don't. I don't prefer it. Like I can. I can sit there with people and watch it, but I don't. It's not my first choice. Um, I was thinking the same thing to be honest when I saw that a lot of like Star Wars is making, um, or Lucasfilm, Star Wars is making, like, they made the Bad Batch. They made the Clone Wars. I wouldn't be surprised if in the next couple of years they were still forming and formulating more animation. And it seems like, I don't want to say it seems easier to do, but it seems like, okay, if we can create this, we can get these actors to do voice work from the comfort of their own home. Or we can get them to do voice work from somewhere else if they're, if say, if, Oscar Isaac, prime example, if he would love to come back for a role in the future, maybe if they did, if they create a pose and animate a character, maybe he would do voice work from London if that's where he's working. Seems like it's just kind of, I don't want to say simpler option, but it seems like it's just an easier way to get more content out there for specific studios. And I mean, Pixar has been taking off. DreamWorks has taken off for years. So it's it's no surprise at this point, like Marvel ha- is finally dabbing into it or they're finally stepping into it. And who knows, may- I think what they said was that they're creating their own animation studio with Marvel since they're anticipating it to be with what if they're anticipating great viewership with it i mean i'll 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 try it i'll watch it and i'll see how i can get into it i think honestly i'll probably like it once i start watching it it's just not my like when i heard that they were coming out with an animated what if just doesn't it didn't excite me but i think if it's gonna tie in to the multiverse to the mcu i'm obviously gonna give it a try i'm gonna get into it and especially if it's chadwick boseman's final piece Obviously, I want to pay respects and watch his final work. But I think, the to, so the answer to your question is, I think it's becoming more popular because of how more accessible it is to voice yourself to a character in certain aspects. I, yeah, I get, I get what you're saying. But with, like, YA novels, like, I mean, realistically, like, started with the success of twilight and it's still going till this day there are so many books that are being made now into young adult films or they're being made Mm. into like my after series just got made into it was it was fan fiction the success of of shadow and bone oh everything yeah everything like a month or so yeah so bridgerton bridgerton was a Mm -hmm. huge success i think queen's gambit if i'm not mistaken is a book too but i'm Mm. not entirely sure um but there's been so much success with so many stories. And I know there were stories, like, there are some books that have been greenlit, but they didn't get, ch- you know what I mean? So, anyways, back to your animation. I hope that answered mm. it somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, 
I'm interested by the idea. I'm I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm interested to see the success of it and then what they come up with for the future because I mean, animation is very successful. I will say it's a huge success on a lot of platforms. Well, I think here's the thing we're missing is the fact that with animation, it creates the possibility for you to make anything possible. So in that sense, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Right. So in that sense, storylines are possible, like crazy ones that maybe would require more thought in terms of live action work are more possible with animation as long as you have the vocal talent you can do anything you want so that's why what if is so exciting because we get to tell stories and 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 talk about threads of things that we probably couldn't have done based on budget or time or whatever so we can really get into some some really crazy stuff um i think for a lot of these franchises it provides the medium to be able to tackle those storylines it is a possibility that you know the russo brothers have stuff that they would have loved to put in avengers for example that they missed out on but being able to animate it you can tell a whole different story and budget's not going to be a huge issue i mean harley quinn did so good and so do all the justice league animation so i mean i obviously it does well there's just Mm -hmm. i can't I just can't get into it, but I'm gonna try. I really am. I'm gonna I'm gonna try and watch it and get into it. It's just me. Yeah. Um, but any more thoughts on your Blade Runner animation? Nah. Just excited. <laughs> um, so just a couple of like little things I found today found the past couple of days. Um, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Actually there was an announcement today that the official trailer drops tomorrow, which stars Paul Rudd. And this was actually one of the most anticipated films this year. Or last year. It was most anticipated at the end of last year. And now honestly it looks really good. Anyways, I'm excited. I just I think it's gonna tie into the very first film. From what I've been seeing and what I've heard and what the storyline looks like, it looks as if it's going to tie back into, like, the OG cast. But everything does that. Whatever. Whatever. Sad. I, you know, but, like, yes, let's yes, be yes. honest. Like, I... How do I phrase this without being... No, this, that's why we're... That's why the the, this is our podcast. Okay. We're very open okay, to so everything. I love nostalgia. I will mm-hmm. start in this direction because I think it's safe. I love nostalgia as much as the safe. next guy. <laughs> I love nostalgia as much as the Bold. next guy. I, I, there are movies from like the 80s and 90s that I absolutely adore. Um, I'm never, I'm upset with sequels because I feel like it, sometimes it's, it's lazy. I feel like a whole new story could be told, but I, I do enjoy living in, a new universe where what i love most of all is like for example we just talked about blade runner so what Denis Villeneuve did with blade runner 2049 where we're still in that same universe but it's a completely different story i love stuff like that but what i don't like is straight ripoffs mm. so with ghostbusters 
the reboot, if we can call it that, with Melissa McCarthy and everybody. I was I was I was hyped for the idea of having four female uh, Ghostbusters, right? I thought that was a great idea, uh, but it felt too much like comedy of this era, trying to replicate what the movie did when the original came out. Do you get what yeah. I'm saying? Like, I feel yeah, like yeah. the comedy of this era is very. Very zany, very dry. Not dry, but I don't know. It, ch- Comedy children's now humor, is different from back then. Very, very yes. different. And so it like just we can watch the original weird. one, and it's, it's right. still funny to me to this day. It's still funny, but I I don't know if the 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 comedy that is produced for films this now, era i just don't think yes. it holds up it doesn't it doesn't it sit up. well like like it did years ago like i can watch right. independence day from 92 or 94 i think i mm. still find it hysterical i still find will smith right. there's certain parts in independence day that still get me and the fact right. that they, when they reboot it and they kind of brought in some humor i don't know i only watched it like once but not the same because they did try with that one so that's a good one too. To prime example is that they did try and continue the story. They killed off Will Smith's character. They killed the mom off. They they brought back the president. They brought back the scientist. And they tried to like justify a lot of the characters and like mm-hmm. who they were. It just didn't work for me. Right. And I try I tried to love it, but I was like, eh. Yeah, and it's the same thing where Star Wars sits, where we're yes. bringing back old characters because nostalgia is successful it sells tickets but does the story actually make sense no so but and it should be its own thing it shouldn't be these right. og characters they said goodbye to their characters in a good way they did a good send off and then i i do understand where filmmakers come from because they're like okay i do want to bring the story back 20 years later but let's reinvent it and sometimes it, it's a hit like maybe 10 percent, and then other time like other 90 it's just like okay it's a good concept it's a good idea but it didn't get executed well because so many things get either chopped from the story block or it happens all the time all the time right in the writer's so- room so that's where I'm I'm not sure about this. And again, I'm more of the optimistic one out of both of us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say I'm excited for it. And I did like, okay, so also another prime example is Halloween. They came out with the technical sequels to the original series. And I don't know, did you see the one from a few years ago? The one that they've remade? Or did remake the the sequel technically the one with uh, the one where they brought her back yeah and then it was her daughter and granddaughter no, who were technically I didn't, okay I didn't watch that. Yeah, yeah I won't say much I mean it's good I will say mm. it, it it is good and then this one coming up I think is technically supposed to be like the fin- the final one um. Mm-hmm. I liked it I enjoyed it it still gave me like those goosebumps for a film um. Lori still wants Vendetta. She wants her brother Michael dead. All that shit. Mm-hmm. But it's good. It's not fantastic, but it's it's a good it's a good film for her. She still kills it. Yeah. But again, it's it's just hard bringing back these films. And it's like nowadays when I see them like creating something like a sequel, something like twenty years ago, I'm like no. Mm-hmm. Um, but. 
So speaking of sequels, <laughs> today announced today, um, Paramount is creating or they're continuing the Exorcist trilogy. They bought it for four hundred million dollars, and Leslie Odom Jr. is going to star in it as the the dad to the kid who is possessed, and. The OG actress from the original series, Ellen Burstyn, will also star in it. She will be the person that Leslie Odom Jr.'s character goes to about his son being possessed. That's all I have to say on it. I, I, I... How lazy is that? <laughs> How lazy is that? I'm telling Sorry, you. quick, No, no, no. I, I 100%... Yeah. How lazy is that that you you buy the rights to this series I'm gonna pull it up you you bring in a superstar or or the making of a superstar no scratch that superstar let's be honest Leslie Odom Jr. right now with the content he's done in the last year and a half two years bona fide superstar you take a superstar you bring back someone from the original series or season mm-hmm. or whatever, right? You bring them back to be some voice of reason to connect these two entities together. Mm-hmm. That's lazy. That's so lazy. That is literally what Star Wars did. That's literally oh, yeah. what we just discussed with Halloween. It, It's lazy. It's so lazy. and And we eat it up all the time. Why does that happen? Why? Are, so are writers the, not writing anymore? Like, wh- why? It's so lazy. That's so, so the, lazy. So the Universal and Peacock have acquired David Gordon Green's Exorcist trilogy starring Leslie Odom Jr. and Ellen Burstyn for $400 million. The first film will release in 2023. I know, I know, I know. In theaters, whilst the second and third films could debut on Peacock. So that just proves, and you can you can say I'm wrong, that proves that if they're only releasing the first one out in theaters in 2023, they might not have the... They don't believe that the film will do well enough and they will release it on Peacock. So, or if it does release, if it does re- do well in theaters in 2023, they could be like, okay, let's move it this way. So that way we can get our streaming service some more money. Repeat what you just said about the, I, the money. Repeat, no, repeat I know. I understand. said about the money. No, because I need to hear it again. Repeat okay. what you just so, said about the money. The way my mind works when I, because that was the first time I read that. So my mind okay. immediately goes to... And I, again, you can correct me if I'm wrong. My first thought when I read that is that Universal and Peacock are going to release the first film in 2023 to see how well it does in the theater. And if mm-hmm. they don't think it's going to do well, they're already thinking about pulling it and putting the other two into onto Peacock streaming service because they've already acquired the rights to three films. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, mm-hmm. we're not going to waste money. We're not going to... So either that or they're trying to earn a peacock more money and be like, okay, if we really, if this one does so well, maybe the other two will do better on peacock because people will want to watch it at home in the comfort of their own better couch. For how much? Just repeat the number. Repeat the number for one. It's $400 million. They bought the rights to the exorcist. Yes. For $400 million. 
and they did what a 10-year-old could do. They cast it like a 10-year-old. Let's let's be serious. Oh no, they, they brought back an like OG. They brought in an OG character and they're bringing in someone else who has brought in so much revenue to other films and Hamilton. And they're it's so lazy. But that it's honestly, so lazy. but Zach, this is what is happening nowadays. And this is why you and I get so like, this is when we, you and I are 50, 50 on when they decide to recreate a, I, I don't know. I'm losing my train of thought with it, but when they decide, okay, 20 years later, let's, let's bring Star Wars back. 20 years later, let's bring back Independence Day. 20 years later, let's bring back this film. 30 years later, let's bring back The Exorcist Trilogy and try and make money. Because you know nowadays, in all honesty, this is kind of gearing towards Gen Z kids because it's so funny. Because today I just had a girl ask me at work who Shania Twain was. She didn't know Shania Twain. So I'm like, okay. So Gen Z kids are seeing these films and they're being like, oh my God, like this is terrifying or whatever but they haven't seen the originals but we can't even say anything much because as millennials that is how we thought too that's that's fair that's fair i have i i teach kids who've never seen shrek so i mean it's hurtful and that's where we are at our age zach is that it does because people ask me i'm like have you seen pretty woman and my my friend my receptionist and my people who I asked that are younger than 20 they're like no but I've heard it and I'm like oh god oh no so that makes sense but what I'm saying is that would be like I bought the rights to Tooth Fairy right and I was I rebooted Tooth Fairy right and I put I don't know Conor McGregor as the Tooth Fairy I'm just thinking of like a major (laughs) I don't, or I brought John Cena in or something like that. I brought a wrestler who who was really big at the, at the time. And then I put The Rock as the old Tooth Fairy. And he's going to cancel the current yeah. Tooth Fairy. And said, that's my movie. That's lazy. Like, like I, that took me but two think, seconds to think of Nicole. But if you also, like, I know. But if you also think about, like, they're trying to do the same thing almost with Pirates of the Caribbean. They're bringing, they're bringing in a story, but you have to realize also, and it's like so like turned around nowadays because yes, like there are all these OG films, like Pirates of the Caribbean. Those are the OG films with Karen Knightley, um, what's his name, Javier. Bardem, Bardem, Orlando Bloom, Bloom, Johnny Depp. Like, that's the OG films. There's nothing that can really, like, compare to them. And then you see them coming in, like, five, ten, what is it, ten years later, and they're like, okay, let's uh, sprinkle Margaret Robbie in there. Let's sprinkle uh, Karen Gillian, which I understand because they're trying to feed into women empowerment. They're trying to feed into that female lead, how we had Karen Knightley. But I, I don't know. I want to say that they're going to do well whenever they do come out. If they do come out, I don't even know if Margot Robbie has even signed anything. It's been like two or three years since that announcement. But it's just, you shouldn't really reinvent something. You need to kind of. You don't need to. And I think. You don't need to. But that's all I'll say. I guess we could have a similar argument about Dune. 
we we could say the same thing for Dune. Technically, I I will say that I will go on record and say, okay. based on what the original Dune movie did when it came out versus this movie, I think we could say this movie could be a complete rip off of that. I don't believe it will be. I be I believe there will be it's it's Denny's retelling of the story from from the book, if anything, right? But. I think we're so far removed from that film that it makes sense to Oh, have absolutely. This one. And there are there are certain like I don't know what the word plus is. Plus I plus Excuses? I don't think that film blew up when it came out. I still think it's an underground hit. And so with this new retelling, I think we'll expand the universe and get people to go back and watch the older film. So I will admit, origin it is hard with original films because sometimes they're a good hit and sometimes they're a, a really big miss. And I will say Passengers with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence was a huge miss, huge miss because I, and I, I won't, I won't go into detail with it because I'm still so disappointed till this day with it. But did I will I say that with you. Yes, you did. Me, you and Summer saw it. Um, there are, Stop it. There are certain rules of thumb with films, with reinventation. And I think from what, and side note, from what I've heard, Dune is one of the best films. I've heard that there's already Oscar buzz around it, which I'm not shocked. What? I need to look at the cost, like. I know. Holy shit. I'm still kind of confused as to who. That's a dream team. Why, Why wouldn't that? I'm confused as to who Timothy Chalamet's father is. Is it Oscar Isaac? Oscar Isaac. So yeah. So what is J? I thought Jason Momoa was the father. No, nah, Jason Momoa is like just the, a friend. Oh. Like a family friend situation. Yeah. Honestly, I'm gonna say this in like an actor way, like a casting role way, but Oscar Isaac can get it with roles. That's what I mean. I know. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I prefaced it. <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong, but like... see, that's why I knew I was like, do I make Damn. this? Do I make this? Con- no, I mean, he can get it with she like out here. <laughs> the why be hid? She just out no. Here I mean, he can confessing. Get- <laughs> wow, <laughs> Zachary. I meant he can get the roles. He like nah. he, he whatever. That's not what you meant, but it's okay. I'll let it slide. The audience I know. I'm going to get texts later on in life. Like in the next two weeks. Like, yes, it's like Oscar Isaac. He can get it. Zaddy. (laughs) Zaddy. (laughs) No, but really, Oscar Isaac is such an amazing actor. Like, his range for roles is incredible. Like, I am excited to see him in this role and i love i love seeing see now i'm gonna go all off about dune because i watched that trailer trailer twice dave batista as a bad guy never knew i needed that never knew i needed him as the enemy zendaya as an enemy like the for the forbidden love with her and timothy chalamet didn't know i needed that jason momoa didn't know i needed him in this role either who else rebecca ferguson the list yeah, goes on. The list goes uh, on. But that film, I have high expectations for. We said this last year, too, even before 
they we saw any kind of sneak peek on it um yeah this film has so much buzz around it has so much i think this is probably my second most anticipated film of this year can you guess what my first behind is? the batman no this year oh this year uh i don't know what the first is so it's it's been i will say my my most anticipated film this year has been eternals I forgot. But I, I know you have. But I think as of right now, it's actually going to be No Way Home. Just because there's so much. No, this is number one for me. I know. Anyways. is So what's your most anticipated film? Is it Dune? Dune? Yeah. I think I think Dune is like a, probably like non-Marvel. It's my most anticipated film. But next year, it's definitely between the Batman and Doctor Strange too. Because he's a thing. He's a thing. Do I think I'm going to walk away from No Way Home and Eternals liking it? Yes. I think that's... But that's Dune. Gonna, but I feel I'm going to walk away from Dune. Blown away. So that's why Dune's up there for me. I, I think Marvel has worked their tail off in the last years to make a satisfactory movie. Yeah. yeah, it's always baseline. Even if you don't like love it, you were entertained for... Oh, absolutely. So you you never leave being like, oh, that was a waste of time. Unless like you're a a small subset of people who just hate everything. But for the most part, average viewer ends up saying like, that was a good movie. You know? You know what we should do? Dune, I think there there is so much risk in retelling Dune to this current generation that that's why I think it holds more weight and personally i just think that it's going to be the more exciting film because i i really don't know what he's going to do like i know based from the the original what the storyline is but like i just i think the technology is better the acting cast talent is stunning i mean they had a great cast back in the day but this one like amazing um locations amazing director at the peak of his powers like everything the choreography around in those scenes, every, the CGI, everything around like this everything. film holds the possibility of it being a smash hit so that's why i'm like no that's i know gonna be my number oh one. absolutely and and that's when i say like non-marvel film i would say dune is definitely my top because back in last year when it was it was going to be the Batman, like I was between and they were supposed to actually come out. Do you remember they were supposed to come out the same weekend? Yeah. They were both supposed to come out in August. And I was like, OK, if I had to choose, I would definitely go see the Batman before I see Dune. But the Batman, I definitely think that has a lot of hype around it, too, for next year. Um, but, you know, what we should do when Dune comes out. We should see it at the same time. But obviously different time zones. I I will try to. I've been, I've been really bad about watching movies recently. I know, but so like, we ha- I will try. I definitely will watch Dune. Um, and you know, I'm I'm gonna get my HBO back to to watch that. But yeah. Um. So switching over a little bit to DC. So just a little, just a little quick bit. Um. So the Flash. Mm-hmm. We saw another look at Batfleck today of him riding, oh. driving the. Uh, not Batmobile, but the motorcycle. So there was just like a, a little like 10 second 
clip released. It wasn't much. Just him like driving down the street. It's all good. It wasn't much. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium started filming today and the yeah John Watts released a was it John Watts wasn't John Watts Um, the director released a um, little doll picture from the film like from the set so interested to see how that works because that is going to be the first film that we will be introduced to King the Conqueror aka Jonathan Majors um Mm -hmm. I will throw this out there, though. I don't know if you've just... I think we may have talked about... We did talk about last time. Um, if there's going to be any more of the variants of he who remains... Who remains. He who remains will be showing up in other films, which I don't doubt. But there, they could be focusing on other... He, I mean, he could be in the background. Who knows? I won't get too much into it today. Um, any Any thoughts on that, Zach? And I'm going a little fast. Excited for the start of Quantumania. Me too. Uh, I'm very excited. I'm hoping they do actually introduce or tell us what was in that Quantumanium. If they... I think we'll explore it. Obviously, we're going to explore if it's Quantumanium. But um, interested to see if they discuss what that castle is that people found. Um, The Suicide Squad. We got an official first look last week. We got... like a 40 second clip of yeah. um oh my god what's his name something fillin oh my Is god nathan fillin nathan fillin we got a first look at his character um he comes apart it was very okay it was so quirky if if the movie's anything like that clip i don't know if you nathan watched fillin it in that movie? he is yeah if the movie is anything like the tri- like the 40 second clip I saw, I think we're going to be laughing our asses off the entire time. Oh, we are. Oh, 100%, especially if we it's We absolutely are. John Cena, I have so many high hopes for him oh, now. Oh, he is. He's um interesting. But yeah, we got yeah. so we have 10 days until the premiere. Any thoughts before we go into next week discussion about it before the film? Cuz we usually do like a couple days before the film, we we'll always do like our thoughts our feelings on how we are feeling going into it i all right i i have not done one of these in a minute and i'm going to uh bold take bold bold take oh god i feel uh-huh the suicide the suicide the, squad okay the suicide squad i honestly can't tell where you're going with this is going to revamp DC. It's going to change everything. Fast. That's not where I thought you were I, going. I believe Fascinating. the Suicide Squad is going to be that film that is going to really... It's going to rock push. Warner Brothers. Right. Because you have the director. Hands down. You have the guy. For this series, you have the guy. Okay. The guy you have who the brought guy. Guardians you have, to life. The guy who re yes, who like literally. Guy. Go ahead. You have Matt Reeves in the background working on another <laughs> great product, right? Yeah. Okay, so so you have two great directors. All right, it's no longer hinging on one guy. You have two great directors. This is the start of something, and if you mess it up, scratch that. I'm gonna curse if you fuck it up. <laughs> 
I'm going to be so mad. Because how? How? You have material that we weren't even sure was even that good. You know, are we talking about with the Suicide Squad or Suicide Squad? I'm talking about, I'm talking about like Suicide Squad in general. Like after Suicide Squad, the first one, we didn't even know if this this entity. This oh, if this was even was possible, even if a remake right. of it was. We possible. didn't think. No. We didn't think we would ever get a, a sequel that to that brought, one or yeah. any anything else in this. We thought that was it. That was the last time we'd ever see the Suicide Squad together. We're getting this one, which I think is going to change the game, right? Then you got Batman. Obviously, we talked about that last last episode about you know the different kind of batmans or whatever like i get it i get the the sensibility of not being excited about a batman movie but whatever this guy is working on is gonna be insane okay so with the hopes that you have reefs with the hope that you have two directors working on two completely insane products i think you're looking at a great start to a new a new dc you know franchise uh I I think, I think what happened was, and obviously any DC fans who love DC and you you have a different opinion, please I welcome a discussion and and please comment on our Twitter page if you if you need to, you know get this out. But I get the sense that Marvel was making so much money and so much headway. DC was like, okay, if that's the model, we'll just follow them. Unfortunately, that just doesn't work for DC. That's not the way the characters are designed. They're not designed that way. I know different series are intertwined in ways, but it's not like the way Marvel is. It's very different. So, based on that situation, just finding talented directors to work on your projects should be the baseline. At the end of the day. Because even if like yeah, we talk about Wonder Woman eighty four was was not that great, but in terms of like sequel work, it's a decent sequel. It's not awful. It's not the best. You know, like it's it's a decent sequel, but at least you know with the director you have at hand, Patty Jenkins is amazing. So you're not really risking too much. So just get talented directors in to tell great stories. Uh, will Fury of the Gods be better than Shazam 1? Possibly. Most likely, yeah. But just get talented people in. And so I, I genuinely think that su- the Suicide Squad will change the game. I think with the R rating, I think with the list of characters and how quirky and weird and funny they are, I just think that you have a perfect storm And there. this allows them to go to range with the dialogue because in that clip harley quinn curses and to the best of my understanding that's that's how dc is dc is more vulgar in in their language so i mean as someone who's not a dc fan which it's it's my weak spot when we come to these discussions but i can still kind of intercede when i can um i will say as someone who did like suicide squad when it first came out and then i didn't realize and I learned from my mistakes. Um, <sighs> the Suicide Squad. I will say I was very highly confused when I saw like literally the cast. Because I was like, what the fuck? I go, Pete Davidson, Michael Rooker, John Cena. Like of all people. And then I see like the trailer. And I'm like, John Cena. Damn. Like he did. Okay. 
So I'm I'm excited. I think this film is, I agree, I think it's going to revamp DC. I think they're going to be like, okay, James Gunn, we want to bring you in for more work because Guardians of Galaxy 3 is his last project with Marvel. So I think, honestly, I think he's going to be done with Marvel after that. And I think if DC was smart, they'll sign him on and be like, okay, we want you to go to town with your projects and ideas. We trust you. We want you to come in and who knows, maybe him and Matt Reeves in the next five years or so are going to be like the Russo brothers where they come in on a certain idea and they're like, okay, let's bring all our characters in and create a good film. Right. So who I, knows the possibilities of where all these. I think you need that. Huh? I think you need that. I think you need that. I think you need, um, two directors with two different completely ideas to come in and just be like, let's No, but you, you need people to come in with an idea. I think too much of it is let's just pick popular characters and, and tell that story. I, I think you need people who to be like, I want, and that's why I love what James Gunn did because James Gunn was like, I'm going to retell the story, but I'm going to pick characters that I personally love. Which kills I me want about to tell the starfish. Cause I'm like, I wonder how a starfish star- could be a villain. Yeah. I'm excited oh, star to has see. Been a villain. Oh, I'm excited to see what Star-Wars they do with it. Villain, but yeah. So that's why I'm like, oh, that's cool. With Matt Reeves, when we saw his interview on the um, oh, the, fandom. Yeah, oh my God. The we passion. Like, oh, you love this character. This isn't just... Like, he went on a tangent you know, for like 10 minutes. And then he's right. like, oh, by the so, way, I have a trailer. And I'm like, bro, I could have so gone without the trailer just by the way he was talking that's what I'm saying. I think directors need to come in to Warner Brothers and be like, you haven't told the story about this character. I love this character. I want to tell this story. Then you're going to have a great product. Rather than trying to create a franchise, you're going to have great movies because you have directors and actors who love this character. There's uh, a, a good chance that Ryan Reynolds' green lantern didn't work out because i don't think ryan loved the character he was playing i think he loves deadpool so you get that sense that the act is happy in the role that with dc and they're like okay let's do this and then (laughs) my favorite i will say side note my favorite interview with ryan reynolds is um him with jimmy fallon and i think it was when deadpool was coming out the first one and he goes he said yeah only uh only four of us had the uh deadpool like trailer or something Deadpool like clip whatever it was like the idea for it and he goes well uh there's a 40% chance I released it but there's also other chances that the other people released it he's like but I'll, I won't confirm or deny like it is one of the funniest interviews because he blatantly says like oh yeah I released it like I guess there was like oh it's because it started a rumor mill I think a picture was released back in like 2012 or 13 mm-hmm. and it was Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and then the studio was like, okay, we got to greenlight it, greenlight it because there's yeah, so many fans. Yeah. And I... Who want this? And Ryan Reynolds literally came out and said, well, only four of us had that picture. Only four of us had the storyline. And he's like, I won't confirm nor deny who actually spilt the beans. But it got done. Right. Like, that's how yeah. Deadpool came about because... Right. But anyways, I, I do agree. I think the Suicide Squad will be amazing. I think if how well it does, I think... The trailer makes it look amazing, to be honest. It looks as mm-hmm. if 
James Gunn took an idea, and it, this seems lighter in a way than Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad seemed too like wrong. Not- I I get. Sorry, for a moment I was like lighter, and then I was like, oh no, I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah like yeah, it seemed yeah. more comedic than like the first. Yeah. The first one seemed very like yeah. I don't want to say raunchy, but it seemed like it had that. Nah, like, it was. It was that. It was that gray dark. Gray DC dark cube. Yes, and then this one seems sense, like it's just yeah. like doesn't give a shit coming out yeah, here. It's and color. Just, it's popping. It's it's brightness. It's yeah. I do. I'm just. I'm. That. I'm interested. I'm. I. Sadly enough, I will not be seeing it opening weekend like I usually do. Um, Why? Because I leave for Georgia next Thursday. So I think Kara. Yeah, I think Kara. I'll and be watching I, it though. I know that's. I might watch that first. <laughs> I might watch it before I watch Black Widow, unfortunately. Listen, don't spoil it for me. Oh, man. That's hilarious. No, uh, but no I, I think Kara and I are going to yeah. see it Monday night. I think that's going to yeah, be our gonna thing. That. We're going to see it the day after we get back and like get my fix in for the Suicide Squad. Because I, I... Yeah. Honestly, you know what I was going to do? And this is a side note. I was going to watch it on the plane. Because I have HBO Max. Bad mistake. I know that's what I was gonna say. I don't want to watch. I want to watch it on the big You're not screen. Be comfortable, yeah. Bad mistake. And I feel like there's just gonna be so much shit going on. Anyways, um, so actually, Zach brought up this next topic to me. So I bless your soul for this Marvel discussion we are about to have. Doctor Strange and the Madness of the Multiverse. Zach brought it to my attention that there is supposedly a rumor mill going around. And I have my own thoughts on it, but I'm gonna let him talk first because. Why I I you never know let my you. Answer for this. <laughs> I know you do, anyways. No, I don't. I know. Care. <laughs> so there is a rumor mill going around that there was a pizza yeah. parlor scene filmed at the end of this film as an end credit, and people there are Marvel fans going around saying that this is where Tobey Maguire comes in. I'm going to be frank. I would believe it more if this film was coming out before No Way Home. I I would think it would be a better chance, but I think it's too coincidental. Or there's just people saying that. Go ahead. So, I don't know if you remember the original Spider-Man movies. Oh, yeah. Like, as well as okay how often was peter in the pizza parlor working at the pizza parlor he really wasn't because he did it for the first movie definitely did it for the first i mean he was more of like you saw him more leaving than you did see him like in the place from what i remember from two to three i don't remember he's in two and three he's in the daily bugle yes and the first one i think he's more delivering pizzas that's where I'm confused. That's why I'm saying That's, I think this is just I think there was a, maybe a pizza parlor on set, and maybe because you know how when they build sets they like they're very detailed with what they're doing. Um, and I know Doctor Strange; those films love to like go on location. So, personally, I think it's too coincidental, and I believe that if this film, because this film was supposed to come out before No Way Home, so if this film was set before then like if this was coming out in october i would say hell yeah this is a great opportunity for them to introduce him that way so that way it leads into no way home but with no way home coming out first 
I think it's just a way for Marvel fans to grasp at straws and be like, okay, we're definitely getting Tobey Maguire. We're definitely getting these characters. I'm not like that. Yeah, we'll see. I'm surprised you didn't comment after that. And I, I heard it and I was just like, mm. I'm really not though. I the only one I was really like super psychotic about was WandaVision, and then after that, I learned my lesson. So. Yeah, I, you know me, I don't, I don't buy this stuff, so. I also have a theory as to why you haven't seen Black Widow, like, it just hit me. Okay, <laughs> I don't think I'm you interested. Want, you... I, I just don't think you want to lose the bet. No, I'm ready to lose the bet. That's not, that's not what it is. It's, it's literally the $30 discussion. That is the only thing, I'm telling you, Nicole, like, I know. I ha- I, I'm just. I'm literally pulling it. your leg. I can even. I can even prove it. I matter of fact, I'm gonna prove it right now. I know our our viewers, our, our listeners won't be able to see this, but this is my planner where I plan out what I'm gonna do for most days. Right. I will go to my most recent, um, my most most recent input. Right. Um, Nicole, can you check what it says for uh, Sunday the twenty fifth? I can't even see that, Zach. Can you just read it to me, please? <laughs> it says laundry, and then it says watch Black Widow? Question mark. <laughs> like I really had it in here to watch it. It's a I really mark. plan to watch it. And then for this Saturday, I have it in here. Black Widow? Question mark. Like I, I want to watch it. I just don't know when I can. <laughs> I'm literally like, gonna I'm send really you. I'm really trying. I'm gonna send you text every hour on the hour starting at 11 10 90 12 p.m on saturday my time and be like oh watch black God. widow and every hour on the hour i'm gonna send you a text watch I, the thing black is widow. i wouldn't put it past you to actually do that that's why i'm scared <laughs> i feel you would do that i'll so, actually i'll send you i'll start spending you i'm gonna send you spider emojis <laughs> I, I still think part of what i said is correct i think one of them you said all of them are wrong but I, I, yeah, we'll have to see, won't we? I'm mad. I feel like one of them is correct. Like you know how mad I'm gonna be if one of them is correct. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be so mad at you. I'd be. So what else mad at is you. new? So mad at you. But uh, yes, Doctor Strange, madness of the multiverse. I'm just excited for it. That's all. Oh, yeah. I'm so excited. And No Way Home, I'm, like, trying not to amp it up because, like, everyone's, like, okay, we're not going to discuss it yet. We're just going until a trailer comes out. But that's another... Never mind. I'm not getting into that. Anyways. (laughs) No, see, I stopped myself. I stopped myself. I I know when to stop. I saw. I saw. I I know when to pause. All right. Well, I think we've kind of exhausted all of our (laughs) options. (laughs) Did we? (laughs) Maybe. Um, well, that was a an unscripted episode. That really was unscripted as shit. We really just, you know, fly by the seat of our heads. But, you know, this was a great conversation as always. Uh, as this always. is another episode with Zach and Nicole. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs>